You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. We want you to demand more from your money, so start by knowing what you own and what you owe. We'll help you take the next step at fidelity.com slash demand more now. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, it's Jean Chatsky and Kelly Hultgren. Hello. Welcome to Her Money, a bonus mailbag edition. We've been hearing from you guys. Thank you, by the way, to those of you who took our survey. Yes. Um, This is part of the feedback that we got that you want more mailbags. So we're giving you more mailbags. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to do bonus mailbag episodes on a much more regular basis, starting right now. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for taking our survey. And if you are interested in asking a question, please email us at mailbag at hermoney.com. I'm so happy to finally say that. We've been wanting to set up a special email email for mailbag for a long time and it's finally here so email mailbag at hermoney.com that's where I'll see your questions I'll also see them in our private Facebook group so if you're not in that group yet and you're not asking questions or answering other ladies questions it's a great place to be sometimes I pull from them and add them to our shows yeah I mean I actually think people need to know how responsive we are Mm -hmm. to our private Facebook group I mean we just had an experience this morning where somebody on my recommendation had frozen their credit which you should do because you got to watch out for identity theft, but was having trouble unfreezing with experience. So we jumped in. We put our team on it. We helped. We solved the problem. And this is why we do what we do, because mm-hmm. we want to help you. So yep. just so you know, if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, you really should. So what do we have? Our first, we'll do one from Pamela. Due to health challenges, I have had to retire early. I have a Roth IRA with $400 in it. Where do I roll it over so I don't have to pay taxes? The answer, whether it's $400 or $4,000 or $40,000 or $400,000, is that it's a Roth IRA, so you don't have to pay taxes. You can take the money out of your Roth without paying taxes. That's what a Roth is set up to do. And you wouldn't want to roll it into another type of account that would make it subject to taxation at a later date. The whole benefit of a Roth is that this is money on which you've already paid taxes and you can access it when you need it. Now, she does specify that she's retiring early. So are there considerations with age if you are withdrawing money from that Roth? No. She did say she's retiring early, but she didn't say how old she is. And as long as you've had your money in the Roth for at least five years and you're over 59 and a half, you're not going to pay taxes on that money. If you have not had the money in the account for five years and or you are under age 59 and a half, then you'll pay income taxes, but not on the money that you put in just on the earnings and a 10% penalty like any other retirement account. Okay. And now we'll do a question from someone who would like to remain anonymous, which is totally fine. I'd like to set up a savings account of some kind to start paying for my next car. I've just paid off my three-year-old car, which I expect to keep for a while, but want to keep the feel of a car payment by investing that money for the next time I want a car. I'd also like the account to earn money more than a typical savings account, but I don't know where to go to find what might be right for me. For context, I have my own home, I have a 401k, and an emergency fund. 
done, so this would be one more way for me to get ahead of upcoming expenses. Where would you recommend that I start to look at options? I love the podcast and appreciate any direction you could share. So in that context of that question, Mm -hmm. the asker, who will remain anonymous, (laughs) used two different words, save and invest. And we save money for things that we think we're going to need to do in the next five years or less. We invest money for things that are longer term than that, generally speaking. So the question I have about this car is it's a three-year-old car. Do you think that you're going to want to keep it another five years? Do you think you're going to want to keep it another 10 years? My guess is that in this case, your best bet is going to be a high interest rate savings account. Um, Because if something happens to this car and you want to unload it, you don't want to have put money into the market. You don't want to have invested money and have uh, lost some of that money and be waiting for that money to come back when you want to buy another car. But I do have to say I love this idea. I think whenever we retire a monthly payment – The opportunity to just keep those monthly payments rolling for some future use is really, really easy because we never had that money to begin with. So I would go online, go to a website like bankrate.com or magnifymoney.com or gobankingrates.com. They all aggregate the best savings rates in the country. Open an online savings account. These days you can get an interest rate over 2% for doing that and then automatically have that account reach its fingers into your checking account and pull out the amount of that car payment every single month and just let it roll. That's amazing. And we normally hear similar logic when we get a raise or a Mm -hmm. bonus to pretend like it doesn't exist and to just put it into your savings and act like nothing happened. This was one of the first times in a while that I've heard of it being a payment that you could reroute to your savings or an investing account. I love it. I hadn't thought of it personally. So thank you, Anonymous, for suggesting it. Yeah, my brother Dave did this for years. Mm. He paid off his car. They had a Honda Pilot and just kept the payments coming in. They kept that Honda Pilot for a long, (laughs) long time, but they just retired it and got a new Pilot, and they had a lot of money built up. That's awesome. And now we'll do one for Marty. I have great credit and a great mortgage rate of 4.4% and never, ever missed a payment. But I got to admit, a reverse mortgage sounds too good to be true. Is it true that we could lose our house if we ever do miss a payment? Is that the only downside? It is not the only downside. And if you ever miss a payment, I think the losing your house is a bit of an exaggeration. Reverse mortgages are not for everybody. You have to be 62 in order to get a reverse mortgage. You have to have a substantial amount of equity in your home. And you should know what you're in for. It's pretty difficult to get a reverse mortgage for less than about $10,000 in fees. So a reverse mortgage, for people who are not familiar with them, is exactly what it sounds like. It's an opportunity for you to borrow the equity back from your home. The way that it works, as long as you or your spouse continue to live in that home, you can stay there forever. 
But if you are out of that house for a year, then the loan has to be repaid. And that may mean selling the house. Your heirs might have to sell the house. And there may be substantially less equity in that house. There will be if you've used the reverse mortgage than there was at one time. There are three different ways to take the payout from a reverse mortgage. You can take it as a lump sum. You can take it as a monthly payment, an annuity, so to speak, or you can set it up as a line of credit. And it's that option that I think is pretty intriguing because here's what we don't want to happen in retirement. We don't want the markets to tumble and for us to need cash that will require us to sell more than we want to sell of the securities in our portfolio. If we have set up a reverse mortgage as a sort of back pocket emergency cushion, we can use the line of credit at that point. And then when our investments come back, sell some stocks or sell some bonds and use that money to repay the reverse mortgage. It keeps you sort of clean on the equity in your house, but gives you another source of capital that you can use to just work the levers on the volatility in the markets and the fact that things do go up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do kind of like it for that purpose. One of the nice things, nicest things about reverse mortgages is because they're so complicated, People are required to go through counseling before they take out a reverse mortgage. So if this is something that you really think you're interested in, then by all means, I would get some education and see if it's something that may make sense for you. Is that how most people use a reverse mortgage no, in the I don't way that think you just so. said? No. I think most people use a reverse mortgage because they've gotten to the point where they can no longer afford their expenses. Mm -hmm. And they've got a lot of equity in the house, and they think that they want to stay in the house forever, so they figure, why not just draw down the equity in the house? The problem in doing that is that if you ever need to go into a nursing home or ever need to go into assisted living and you're out of that house, then you no longer have that big chunk of equity to use to help with the cost of your long-term care. And for most people, although our homes are no longer necessarily our biggest asset, they they are a substantial asset and a paid off mortgage is having is like having a supplemental savings account that we really need at the end of our lives or may really need at the end of our lives and personally if you've got a ton of equity tied up in a home particularly a large home in a high tax city or state or municipality i think you're probably better off downsizing moving someplace a little bit cheaper paying off the new mortgage, and banking some of that cash. Thank you. 
Now we'll do one from Linda. I'm finally getting around to freezing my credit after the Equifax breach, which ah. isn't easy while living overseas. So she is overseas right now. Do you recommend any of the credit monitoring services to stay on top of it for next time? As long as you're frozen, I don't necessarily think that you need one. You should check your own credit. Check your credit reports at least three times a year. You can do that at annualcreditreport.com. And if you want credit monitoring, Credit Karma does offer it for free. I like free, mm-hmm. so I, I might do that. Me too. In fact, I think mine just expired, whatever monitoring service that I've I've had. Well, you know, if you were victim of pretty much any data breach, you were offered a year or two worth of free credit monitoring. So you should, by all means, take whoever offered you mm-hmm. that perk up on it. Is it so sad that I think that just my social security is probably compromised by so many different places. No, I think mine is as well. Yeah, it's really sad. But that's why we have to do the simple things like opening our mail, Uh, right? You know, when we don't open our bank statements, when we don't open our credit card statements, when we get what looks like junk mail and we don't open it and is actually an indication that somebody opened an account in our name, who wasn't us. I mean, that's where we really fall down on the job. And that's why this process of every four months, go to annualcreditreport.com, check your credit, pull one of your free credit reports every four months and look at it. We'll do one more from Pam. I have a daughter with school loans and credit card debt. How can I help without either of us having to do a home equity loan? You can help with information. I would take a look at her debts and see if there is any way to consolidate them or refinance them so that they're at lower interest rates so that her monthly payments are lower. And I would really, you didn't say how old you were, Pam, but you are closer to retirement than your daughter is. And you taking a home equity loan at this point that would likely results in you not being able to put enough away or as much away for your own retirement is is not a good idea. Your daughter taking a home equity loan may not be the worst idea. Here's the sticky part about using a home equity loan to consolidate other debts. First of all, it's no longer deductible. Under the new tax law, unless you are using a home equity loan to actually improve your home, you can't deduct that. So we lost that. So the interest rate on the home equity loan is the interest rate on the home equity loan. We don't discount it. But the other thing that we know is that when we borrow from our homes to consolidate credit card debt, a huge percentage of us within a couple of years have charged those credit cards right back up. And you don't want to give your daughter the opportunity to do that. She needs to figure out why she has this credit card debt in the first place, what her spending habits are. And that is something that can be solved through information. Maybe you hook her up with a not-for-profit credit counselor. Maybe you introduce her to a financial advisor. Maybe you sit down with her with a yellow legal pad and a pencil, and you just start tracking her spending to see where her money is going. That's how I'd help. Thank you, Jean, and thank you, everyone, for writing in. Thank you so much for gathering these, Kelly. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll talk soon.